0: This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest. Get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best.
1: Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I am delighted to be here in my home recording with a returning guest. It is the awesome Clark Wolf.
2: Oh, hello. Hello.
1: Thank you so much for coming and doing this. Thank
2: you so much for letting me come back.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you have a thing to promote.
2: I do. Right. I do indeed. So that's the that's the only reason why, really. I just yeah. called and offered you 50 bucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am desperate for $50. <laughs> Anyone can promote anything on Obsessed for $50. Yay.
2: You heard it here mm, first.
1: That's a little comedy lie, a fun <laughs> comedy lie. No, I always love having Clark on. You, you did a, an episode about Penny Dreadful.
2: Yes, which, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, but. Oh, you
1: got a Penny Dreadful notebook. I
2: sure do, which was a gift. Actually, I didn't even buy this. That's how much friends know me. People know me is is I have Penny Dreadful notebooks,
1: and I have since watched Penny Dreadful. And you are right about everything. You are oh, right. I yay. love it. it Good. Was
2: great. Did you finish it? Like, did you make it through season three as I well? I haven't
1: watched season three yet. I okay. watched the first episode of season three, and then we got distracted sure. by the horrors of life.
2: Yes. Well, exactly. There is a lot of horror happening in our <laughs> real world, so I don't blame you.
1: Yeah, yeah. But we will get back to it, and I absolutely love it. Good. Uh, and then you've been on a couple of live shows, talking yeah. about Star Wars movies. And today you're going to talk about another thing that I have never seen. No! (laughs) Now, aren't you excited that I've never seen it? Because you get to tell me all about it.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: You are like a human Wikipedia page full of intelligence and energy.
2: This is excellent (laughs) oh good well and maybe some of your audience will be that way as well I think
1: probably and
2: or they might not have seen it in a while yeah and so we'll be very excited to talk about it and then maybe they'll go watch it
1: yeah yeah so before we get right into the thing that I have never seen can you tell people who this might be the first time they're hearing you a little bit about who you are and what you do and all that stuff
2: oh yeah for sure so I'm an actress and I'm a host and I live here in Los Angeles and um I uh I host I talk a lot about genre so horror, sci-fi, fantasy, but I love all movies and pop culture um, and uh, and I am currently co-starring and producing an original musical, yeah. which I'm very excited about. It is a, um, it's an original slasher musical. Uh, <laughs> it's called Slashed and it's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, a killer uh, in 1983 attacks a summer camp, counselors yeah. at a summer camp, and um, we are so, so, so proud of this. This is part of Hollywood Fringe 2017, but um you know it's a 45 minute show seven new songs a cast of nine like we we're really doing a musical um and uh and as a producer I'm super proud and um and I am in it as well um I will give you a little bit of a spoiler I die first oh no uh, but it's good it's it's okay um I had a lot of work to do behind the scenes but <laughs> also so it's totally fine but um no it's I play one of the camp owners okay. um and so my husband and I up there, trying to fix it up, but also repair our marriage, which is in trouble. <laughs> and uh, and unfortunately, little Petey Jurgens has returned, and he is killing people. <laughs> so we have a great, I have a great scene and a great duet, and then I die.
1: Okay, well that sounds great. I'm, I'm gonna go that. see your duet and death. Yay! I'm excited to see them. A lot of people who listen to Obsessed uh, are from Minnesota, my, oh, where great. my roots are, where I did a lot of Fringe. So it's exciting to go see fringe shows here in uh, Los Angeles as well.
2: Fun fact, I actually was a part of the very first Hollywood Fringe Festival. Really? Um, I was in a musical called Pot the Musical, which is about (laughs) marijuana. If you can imagine a time when uh, this was controversial here in Los Angeles, California, uh, that's where we were. Picture the day. Yeah. And, um, you know, that show was... what it was, but it was... Was it
1: a slow, low-energy musical um, that was kind of self-involved?
2: Our mutual friends, Josh and Kayla Kagan, um, who are the most lovely and sweet and kind and supportive people, came to closing night of that show, and I believe Josh Kagan's words were, you were great, but that was awful. (laughs) And Josh is one of the nicest people I've ever met, and so the fact that he told me to my face that the show was awful, but I was good, I was like, yeah, okay, that's fair. But, um, so we did like A regular run, but then we put it up at Fringe, and um, and I was we were so not involved in the Fringe process, yeah, in that first one. So it was kind of like I don't know what this is, and now that I'm actually involved in it, and it's been seven years, I think, or not seven, maybe five or six, um, since the first one, it's just 350 shows, yeah, this year. It, It is huge, and it's as a former theater actor um professionally it was like it's been fun kind of doing this all again you
1: get to sing dance and die back home what more could i possibly (laughs) want nice well then let's get into your obsession okay face slash off (laughs)
2: Face off.
1: Face off. Face but off. But y- now you have to say face slash off, right? Because there's that stupid show. Well, it's sh- not stupid. <laughs> uh, I don't I've never seen the show. I assume that you are annoyed by it. Because uh, when you say I love face-off, people will go like the makeover show, right? R- r-
2: yes. Well, most people know me enough to know that I'm not talking about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, clearly I'm talking about the cinematic masterpiece by John Woo, starring Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. But um yeah, you do not have to say fa- face slash off. However, okay. if you Google face off, it is it is best to Google Face Slash Off because the, the television show does not have the slash.
1: Yeah, I had to dig to get to my Wikipedia reading. Did you? Yeah. So I want to start, though, with just the basics. For people who have never seen Face Slash Off, uh, <laughs> what is it?
2: It is the greatest movie of all time.
1: <laughs> Citizen
2: Kane overrated. Face Off, number one. Um, okay. Carson
1: Wells only has one dumb face that's, in Citizen Kane, right? Uh, he
2: actually has a couple because oh, he goes through the ages, but that's not important. So, okay. Face Off. The premise of Face Off is Sean Archer, played by uh, John Travolta. His arch nemesis is Nicolas Cage, a.k.a. Caster Troy. And Caster <laughs> Troy, a.k.a. Nicolas Cage with a mustache, <laughs> shoots... Uh, is trying to assassinate Sean Archer okay. uh, on a merry ground. <laughs> I'm sorry.
3: Right from the beginning. In black
2: and white and slow motion. Um and uh, he, he accidentally shoots uh, Sean Archer's son, like six-year-old son, and kills him instead. And in black and white on in, a roller coaster. In black and white on a, on a merry-go-round. A merry-go-round. Um, I might have said roller coaster, but I meant merry-go-round.
1: You said merry-go-round. And, um, I'm just dumb.
2: In slow motion, like the, little, the horse's head comes by and he it goes, <laughs> it's really amazing. <laughs> and so, seven years later, fast forward... Um, Uh, Archer, Sean Archer, is still after Caster Troy. Caster Troy is planting a bomb in Los Angeles. This is, remember, think of a time... (laughs) <laughs> when domestic terrorism was what we were actually scared of. Yes. As yes. in white people. Nicolas Cage. What
1: we should be scared of now. Yeah, yes.
2: I would say that. Yes. I would agree with that. So um, so uh, Travolta, as Sean Archer, goes after Nicolas Cage. He, there's a battle, battle, battle. He gets him. Um, and they think he's dead. But... He's being kept alive by machines. Now, here's the problem. We can't find the bomb. Where is the bomb? We know this bomb is going to go off in Los Angeles. And so, through a revolutionary procedure, (laughs) cutting-edge 1997 technology and medicine, we can switch faces... Okay. And we are going to take Nicolas Cage's face and put it on John Travolta's face and he because only he knows knows Caster Troy well enough to be able to do this.
1: He studied he's, him.
2: He has. He's going to cuz he's been obsessed. Yeah. He killed his son and even before that he was obsessed with him. That's why Caster was after him in the first place. So, he goes undercover, but <laughs> and here's the crazy part. And this
1: is all still like three minutes into the film. Yeah, right? this is
2: in the first 20 minutes. This, okay. lot. this is a two and a half hour movie, by the way. Okay, yeah, if, this is
1: a long act one, uh, for oh, sure. Oh yes.
2: Uh, but <laughs> Caster wakes up and he is none too pleased. Okay. He has no face on, by the way. So he calls. So what does that
1: look like in the film? Is it, it looks, a skull? Is it is, is he skeletor? He
2: is he Ghost Rider? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was on <all> the preview <laughs> to Ghost Rider, basically. Uh, no, he has like a like a spongy. It's it's just like if somebody t- put took the first. It's like a bad peel to be basically, okay. basically to put it in L.A. terms.
1: <laughs> okay, so he looks like Anakin and Revenge of the Sith after his birth. Yes, Got exactly.
2: It. So, so Caster calls one of his goons and they uh, kidnap the doctor and the FBI officials who have like greenlit this. They make them put Archer's <laughs> face on him and then they set them on fire okay. and kill everybody. So now Caster Troy, greatest criminal in the world, maybe, definitely in Los Angeles, <laughs> <laughs> is in the body of Sean Archer. And, oh boy, what could he do?
1: And does he know Sean Archer as well as Sean Archer knows him? Oh, yeah. Okay, They're, they know
2: each other. They know each other. They are adversaries. But actually, you actually, I would say that um, Sean Archer knows Caster better because Caster, you know, he's kind of a... He doesn't. He doesn't research a lot, you know. And, okay. and Archer is like he's like a. Um. He's very dedicated to his job. He's the best in the bureau, but he's also very serious, and nobody likes him.
1: Okay. So that's basically that's the setup. That's the setup. And then hijinks ensue. Oh yes. Explosions and uh, intrigue and yes. whatnot ensue. Okay, so I have a couple of follow-up questions.
2: Oh, really? (laughs) It all makes such good sense.
1: Yeah. How does the actual face swapping technology work? Is it like we have invented a specific face swapping machine, or is it just sort of hand-wavy? Surgery is real good now, so we can somehow peel your actual flesh and that somehow allows the underlying bone structure yeah. to become a face. These
2: are all very good questions. So basically what they show you is they show you that it's like a little suction machine. So they using a laser slice the skin on your face so it's okay. just your face. Extreme sick. Uh-huh. And extreme sick. And then they come in with a suction machine and they suck your face off and then they put it over here. And then <laughs> and then they uh they do like, you know, cosmetic surgery where they like, you know, slim down the body and they give Sean, Archer they give John Travolta a haircut and, um, and, and then they put a microchip in his, um, larynx so that his voice will match identically okay. Pastor Troy's.
1: So that's all, that's that answers all my takes. question because yeah. it sounds like it's, it's bullshit. Yeah. Is what well, it is. There, I mean, There's no, there, does it acknowledge that it's super dumb?
2: No. Okay. This is. It takes
1: it very seriously. It
2: tries to explain it medically.
1: Okay. Without. Any of, like, the most basic part of the whole face thing of, like, how they actually do, like, bone structure.
2: Right. No, not important. Okay. <laughs> we're, not, we're not interested in that. All right. Stop right. asking questions. It's not how
1: to make a perfect face. <laughs> Just let it happen. It's face. Oh, slash
2: aside from the fact that John Travolta and Nicolas Cage look nothing alike. I yes, mean nothing. not not they don't even. share anything. like they are not even they're not similar body types. Uh I think Travolta is six two and he's six feet, which is not that bad, but like yeah. it just makes no logical sense that these two are the ones selected. Yeah. But I you never knew how perfect of a pairing it was until you saw it.
1: Yeah. It's true. I mean, they're kind of human avatars of the 1990s. And I think we were all aware of that in 1997.
2: Yes. It's funny you should bring that up. If I may share some facts.
1: Sure.
3: <laughs> sure. Because
2: I, I thought of I, I. So Face Off is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year. Yeah. And part of the reason why I really wanted to talk about it on this show is because myself and a handful of other people on the internet do not feel as though this is getting the celebration that it deserves. OK. This is 20 years. This yeah. is a big deal. Um, and so I started looking it up, and Travolta, so in 1995, um, no, 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 this is Cage. So in 1996, Leaving Las Vegas came out in February. He right. won the Oscar in March of that year, right? In June of 1996, The Rock came out. Yeah. And fast forward one year, almost to the day, In June, on June 6, 1997, Con Air came out. Three weeks later... Face-off came out.
1: (laughs) Okay, so you feel like people were just, they weren't sure about new action movie Cage or they'd had too much of new action movie Cage? This
2: movie was a huge hit. And and, and I'm just saying like, basically what I'm saying is Nicolas Cage is one of the biggest action stars, American action stars in the world right now. But
1: he had only been that way for like a hot minute. Correct. Because he had before been an indie star.
2: Correct. That's that's fair, yes. However, he did just win the Oscar, okay. and he did The Rock and Con Air and Face Off. And okay. meanwhile, Travolta, in 94, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. In 95, Get Shorty. And then in 96, he worked with John Woo for the first time in Broken Arrow. Yeah. And so you have, in 96, Travolta had Broken Arrow, Phenomenon, and Michael. And all of these were box office, were really successful yeah. at box office. And then, in 97, he works with John Woo again Face Off. So I I just wanted to set the scene of like these guys were hot because I think it's really important. You know, we we Travolta's sort of having a resurgence because of People versus O.J. Simpson, mm-hmm. um, and people are sort of interested in him again. Uh, but Cage, you know, I I don't mean this to be funny. I think he is one of the best actors working today. However, I don't know if he always takes the best parts.
1: He's made a lot of weird choices and made what could have been a brilliant career of eight different kinds into a very convoluted career.
2: Very true. And I think people now who maybe like weren't, you know, weren't, don't know this movie or maybe didn't remember this time, like, I don't know if they really appreciate that he's more than just like a jiff factory. You know what I mean? Like he's, he was a huge. Let's
1: pause for a second. Did you say jiff?
2: Well, that's what it is, GIF or JIF, whatever you want to say. Let's do let's do a second take, a GIF factory, so you can do it in post. You pick you pick which one you want. Fair enough. Um, but anyway, I just think that the context is really important. And John Woo, by the way, one of the hottest action directors at this time.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I mean, with all of those facts, you want to contextualize where these actors were mm-hmm. in their career. It was a huge box office success at the time. Yes. But you don't feel like it has sustained its glory.
2: I think that it has. I just think people forget because I think both of these stars... By the way, if you look up Face Off on Rotten Tomatoes, it is, it's in the 90s. In yeah, terms I was of... shocked. Yeah, I mean, it's a good movie. Now, it is an, a 90s action movie, but it's not it's sort of like walking that line of like this is for adults, but it's also for kids in their twenties in a yeah. way. Like anybody can enjoy it. And um and you know, speed, it's on the heels of speed and all that yeah. stuff. So um I, I you know, it was a well reviewed movie, it made a lot of money, they were both movie stars. Um, but in twenty years, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, Oh yeah. yeah. And well, so yeah.
1: Let's see if we can rekindle The love of it through your experience. I want to talk about when you first were exposed to Face Slash Off.
2: Face Slash Off, yes.
1: What, what, did you see it like uh, at home? Did you go to a weird showing at a theater? Tell me about the first time.
2: I must have seen this either on television or... On at home, okay. I must have. It, it it was probably if I had to guess at a friend's house uh, on HBO or something okay. like that when I was in high school. Um, and then I don't know when I bought this DVD, but it is the, it <laughs> is the first printing of this DVD. Like okay. I have an old school, no bonus features, like you know, stagnant DVD menu DVD copy like of this. Silver disc,
1: not even any pictures exactly. on the actual disc. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You don't. Have, do you have to flip it for the widescreen version?
2: The, uh, no, it only, okay. wide screen, only <laughs> widescreen versions available on this one. We are that far into it. Okay. Yeah. So
1: was it the first time that you saw a part of it on HBO, HBO where you were like, I need to know this? Or was it just like, oh, cool, an action movie? And then as you watched it again it got its hooks into you?
2: Well, I've always loved 90s action movies. Okay. I mean, I, I really think, and, and I, I will fight anybody on this, I think <laughs> 90s era action movies are the best ones. Um, because I think they are not over the top with like super hyper masculinity like the 80s action movies yeah. are. Oh yeah. Um, but they're very cool and they are, and they're practical. It's so much practical stunt work okay, in these movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, Um, and then when you get into the aughts and, and you have heroes like you have you know I mean you do have people like Nick Cage or you have Will Smith. Will Smith is like to me the quintessential action hero 90s era Will Smith. Um but it's like guys who are cool and funny, right. but are also like badasses when they need to be. And then you get into the aughts and it's just, I mean, we were talking before we started rolling about Fast and the Furious. And, yeah. you know, these are like, everybody's a superhero now, you know, like whether it's um, Statham and his heart has to, you know, he, he it's its like human speed, essentially. His <laughs> heart can't go below 50 miles an hour or whatever it is. Um, so uh, that's why I love 90s action movies. But this one specifically, I, I, I'm really sincerely mean this, the performances are outstanding. It is so fun to watch Nicolas Cage, who starts out as this like super sleazy, like, you know, criminal, LA criminal guy, um, transform into not only Sean Archer, which is like the sincere, like, you know, heartfelt honest character, but it's, it's almost like he's doing Travolta without yeah. doing Travolta. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, like a
1: good way to do Travolta. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but you mean like he is doing an impression of him?
2: Kind of, like they both take on each other's little qualities that, I don't know, for me, I can actually believe, like my mind can go there because the performances are so good. Okay. And the same goes for Travolta as well. Watching him as the straight-laced guy in the beginning, you totally buy it. But then watching him be this arrogant, slick, like super bad dude, yeah. he crushes. It's okay. so great.
1: So it is all about uh, not even really the, the face on and off, uh, but the, the uh, cat and mouse game yes. that makes it really uh, a great movie.
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's just like it, the the plot moves. It's not very slow. You also get like the the interactions where both characters have to interact with each other's families. Yeah. Which is fun. But then you get like there's a crazy prison riot and there's all these like <laughs> insane things. And then of course at the end there's this huge climax where white birds fly everywhere, which is <laughs> John Woo's like signature thing. Okay. But it's just all shots. It's just a great action movie. Across the board.
1: Okay, cool. I'm really interested in what you were saying about the 90s because I think you're totally right that the big uh, steroid, huge muscle-bound masculinity of the 80s, I think that there was a huge influence of early 90s things like Mm -hmm. Pulp Fiction Mm -hmm. and Get Shorty where intelligence and art house and quirk made its way to the mainstream. So then that got transplanted over to the action heroes a little bit more. And for me, being alive in these times... uh, (laughs) When we got to face off, like Tra- the Travolta's return mm-hmm. in Pulp Fiction was amazing. Yes. Like resurrected from the yes, dead.
2: Yes, absolutely. From
1: beyond the dead. And then it seemed like he could do no wrong. He could d- go quirky as he wanted. And then for me, as a moviegoer, you're swapping faces with Nicolas Cage. That was like you have used oh, up all of your Oh, was it like a betrayal? No, no. It, it's just you have used up all of your your cred of I can do anything. Oh. It seemed almost like, let me prove I can do anything. Interesting. I'm going to switch faces with Nicolas Cage, which is my bias, uh, but I didn't see it then because of that.
2: Interesting. And now
1: I'm intrigued to learn that it's much more about the intelligent cat and mouse game. <laughs> I mean,
2: they're uh, intelligent enough.
1: <laughs> intelligent enough. They're delicate performances. Okay, so I understand why you like it and respect it uh-huh. as a film buff. I understand why your great argument about 90s action movies in general, but I still want to understand what drew you to it at that extra level. Uh Uh-huh. Did you see yourself in the story anywhere? I mean, and I know that's difficult because there's always the representation issues. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know if there are any good uh, women characters in this movie. Or if there's anything that's relatable about either of those characters where you're like, I oh, I recognize a devious side in myself, or I recognize a heroic side in myself in any of these characters.
2: I think this movie fills me with glee <laughs> <laughs> on all fronts. So okay. not only do we get the great action sequences, so I love 90s, so quintessential 90s action movie, great. And you have this um, these great performances from Cage and Travolta and then the supporting cast is like Margaret Cho and uh, nice. Joan Allen and Gina Gershon um, and they're all good um, but for me it's how insane this movie is okay but in the best way possible like I can't explain it I don't want it to make it sound like it's so bad it's good because it's not mm-hmm. it, it's just this movie is crazy and that's sort of what, and both of them both of your leads are on board with how crazy it is okay
1: so they're all in they're taking it very seriously yes. it's really for real that we switched faces with the this horrible person from both of their perspective that they're obsessed with. Yes. So did you take any life lessons from it? Did you ever consider like uh, what what is the real psychology of being obsessed with someone you truly hate? Like that's what's interesting to me about it. As I hear uh-huh. you talking about it, like we know that trope really well. That right. we're not so different, you and I. Mm-hmm. And the same sides, of different coins, or whatever. That, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, but. Then to take that to the next level of, and then I kind of have to be that person. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's playing with this love-hate of, like, eventually you will become the thing you hate, and this is literally, you are becoming the thing, the person you hate.
2: Yeah, I think for sure. Like, I mean, first of all, Caster doesn't learn anything, mm-hmm. meaning the bad guy. It doesn't matter what body he's in. Like, he's always a bad guy. It's really more about... But Sean Archer's journey is different because okay. we see the, the the effect that the loss of his son, and I'm sure he takes... He, he blames himself. Of course has he does. Had, He's an action of, hero. Of course. Um, has had on his marriage and his career and his family as a teenage daughter who's, like, super gothed out and, like, keeps getting in trouble. Yeah. Um... And you see how he, you know, the movie actually, I will say, it deals with masculinity in a very interesting way. Okay. So you have somebody like Cage who's super, he's hyper-sexualized in the beginning. Like he, as caster Troy, wants to make sure that everybody knows that he, can we curse on this? Oh story? yeah. That he drinks, he does drugs, he fucks, and he kills people. Like okay. this is who he is. Oh, the opening scene is him molesting a choir girl dressed okay. as a priest. It's that classic Nicolas Cage image that you've seen of when the camera like zooms in on his face and he's dressed like a priest and he makes this horrible sexual face. And okay. it's just, and he's like so into it. <laughs> I
1: was really leaning towards, I got to see this movie. And now I might be <laughs> a little turned off. No, enough.
2: no, no, you want to see it. <laughs> All right. so, so you have that, but then you have somebody like Sean Archer who is a bit... Um, you know, like you find out throughout the film that he is not having a sexual relationship with his wife, and his daughter doesn't respect him, and his daughter, like, and and he's not a take charge kind of guy, okay. even though he at work, like, he puts all of that into his job, um, and and he's not, and people don't like him at his job, and so it's like this really bad situation, and what you see is the way the family, Archer's family, react. To a bit more of that Caster Troy ness, so like when he's Caster Troy um, and looking like Sean Archer, he you know reignites the his sex life with with Archer's wife, and he teaches his daughter how to like he gives her a switchblade, and he says if your boyfriend fucks with you. You stab him in the, you know, you stab him and then twist the knife. And that way the wound won't close and he'll never fuck with you again. And she's like, wow, thanks for caring, Dad. And it's like, so it's interesting to examine this.
1: Yeah. So going off of that, uh-huh. or you, were you going to say
4: well, something Well, I was just going to say real
2: fast. On the flip side, you have someone like Archer, who when he's Castor Troy, he realizes that Castor has a son, and Castor has this love interest in Gina Gershon, but she's just so, you know, she, she's been beaten down by him so many times that... I think Sean Archer, who we find out had put Gina Gershon's character in jail before. Okay. Because he knows the revolving door of, like, Castor's associates. Realizes this is a single mom. This is a woman who is just trying to provide for her son. This is a woman whose brother is um, into drugs and and a dangerous guy. Like, you know, he he starts to develop a bit of empathy for the people surrounding Castor.
1: Okay. So there's clearly a theme of we should be balanced as humans. We have our darker impulses and our good impulses and we should balance. So do you ever think of your life that way where you're like, well, this is a moment where I should tap into my evil person and I should twist the knife.
2: Um, You know, I will, not so much in, in good and evil, but I will say that for me, like, I'm a little bit more, I'm more of a Sean Archer. <laughs>
3: um,
2: and, and I think, like, I learned this lesson recently, actually, during a poker game where someone was bluffing. I had a really good hand. I didn't want to be the first one out, so I didn't go all in. And I realized... Sometimes you got to go all in. Yeah. And I was such a metaphor for the way I am. Okay. That when I watch, so I would say that, you know, I look at this type of dynamic and you just go, uh, this is, it's interesting to see like where you can learn. Maybe, and also maybe the things that you really dislike. This is actually a therapy thing or like a psycho. actually a, psych, a psychological thing. Sometimes the things you hate in other people are the things that you wish you could do yourself. Okay. You resent them for being, you know, brash or bold or whatever. But really inside you wish you could be a little bit more like that. Okay. Um, and so I think that that is something that I could take from the Archer-Troy dynamic.
1: Okay, so it, it is a big absurd action movie mm-hmm. where these two stars of them... 90s. Mm-hmm. It's two very unique, specific stars swap yes. faces, yes. but it is also a meditation on finding balance in your own existence, <laughs> like
2: you do, <laughs> like you do.
1: Okay, so a slightly more uh, absurd question: If you had to have the face of either Nicolas Cage oh. or John Travolta, which one's face do you, Clark Wolf, want?
2: Travolta. Um, <laughs> that was I fast. Can, yeah, I can tell you that right because I he's just I love John Travolta. Well, actually.
3: Mm. He, is this
2: 1997 John Travolta? Sure. I'll okay. be generous with okay. both faces. Then then yes, I, I'll take Travolta because I did interview Mr. Travolta on the red carpet uh, for People versus O.J. Simpson last year. And yeah. He's just, he's such a handsome, charismatic man, but he's really done too much to his face. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So.
1: So you would take, now is that just aesthetically for you saying to yourself which face would you rather see in the mirror or is that more... Is that about the qualities of the people?
2: It's more about who I would rather make out with. (laughs) Who would I rather make out with as myself?
1: (laughs) Uh. (laughs) This is what you would want, John Travolta's face. Definitely. So you could lean into the mirror and make out with yourself. and make out with
2: myself. Exactly. I
1: think that's fine. Uh, Similar question. If you had to swap faces with someone in your life,
2: Mm -hmm. either
1: for just because it was necessary for some task or for a similar face-off kind of reason, like... Maybe someone was sick and couldn't do the job and you're like, Mm. all right, well, I'll fill in for, just give me your face for a little while and I'll fill in for you.
2: Um, I'll say Melissa Benoist (laughs) so that I could be Supergirl for a day (laughs) and I'll be her, I'll be, I'll be the Supergirl's Sean Archer.
1: Yeah, well, I actually think that would pretty, be pretty good. That's a, that would, uh, because you have a generally similar, I think, like facial structure. Sure. And certainly you have a similar energy.
2: I'll take it. Yeah, I think you can be
1: Supergirl, no problem. <laughs> just get
2: another, get a wig and then, I, or dye my hair and I'm good.
1: <laughs> yeah, face off really should have just been called haircut because it seems like the haircut is more important I mean, than the face. I was
2: about to say, like, if they can make, put Nicolas Cage's hairline on John Travolta, like, I mean, that that's actually kind of comical when I was re watching it. They're just, they're like shaving and they're cu- clipping it so close and it's just like, we get it. Cage is losing his hair. Like, yeah. that's not, you don't have to rub it in, guys. <laughs>
1: Would you see a sequel that was called Hair Slash Cut?
2: If they're in it, yes. <laughs> and John Woo is directing it? Absolutely.
1: Cool, cool. Uh, so I, I think, I wanted to ask you about these actors, because I know that you are in the entertainment business. Uh-huh. I assume that you had met at least one of them, so mm-hmm. it sounds like you interviewed Travolta. Mm-hmm. You haven't encountered Nicolas Cage? I
2: haven't. You haven't he even is... seen
1: him at a 7-Eleven getting a burrito in the morning?
2: He's elusive.
1: He's elusive. He's that elusive. Nick Cage. So they, they have both had their controversies and their ups and downs mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. Do you think that they, as real people right now, would want to swap faces if they could?
2: Ooh, that's a great question. Both of their, from what we know in the press, both of their situations are very different. Um, Like, different controversies. Yeah. Um, I don't think they would, though. I don't think that. I don't think they would. Oh, my gosh. You know what I just remembered? What? Um, so, so actually, I remember an Inside the Actor studio with John Travolta where he told a story about Nicolas Cage. Oh, really? Yes. And and he talked about how Nicolas Cage was, like, on the set, was trying to relate to him. And then... and <laughs> So and, he could,
1: like, understand him and perform him I, better? I guess, maybe.
2: Or they mm, were just... Or oh, yeah. maybe they were hanging out. I mean, they have a lot of scenes together. Oh, actually, they don't have a lot of scenes together. I should take that back. But um, they... Uh, Nick or, or Travolta said that Cage was like, John, have you ever wanted to? And he did the voice like he did the voice. <laughs> have you ever wanted? You know, you know, that feeling when you just like <laughs> eat a great meal. And and he's like, well, yeah, of course. Of course I know yeah. that. And he said, have you ever have you ever just had that that impulse where you just want to buy a really nice piece of glass? <laughs> <And Travolta laughs> like, uh no, I don't know if I know that one. <laughs> um but it was just really funny cuz I remember watching this interview when I was in high school. I remember watching it I think in my high school boyfriend's basement it was inside okay. the actor's studio. Which to give you an indication of how cool I was in high school that my boyfriend and I were watching inside the actor's Super studio. Super cool.
1: I would have loved to have a girlfriend <laughs> who wanted to watch inside the actor's studio. So,
2: um but but I so I remembered that story when Years later, you know, Nicolas Cage's sort of well-documented financial uh, or spending um, kind of extravagant <laughs> he, spending, he bought
1: too much glass, <laughs> too
2: much very nice glass, essentially. <laughs> uh, but no, to answer, to, to, I guess, to finish answering your question, I don't think either of them would want to switch faces. No. I, I think they'd, I think they'd want to stay, stay. In with who they are?
4: Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, they, they are both for whatever is the truth. Like we know press reports, obviously, but whatever the truth of their existence are, they are both people who seem like they have wrestled with trying to be decide who they want to be with their public faces. Which yeah. sounds like I'm making a joke, but I'm not. No, um, but like definitely with Nicolas Cage going back and forth in the kind of movies he makes. The same with Travolta, and then they also both seem to change a little bit. How much? They want to be movie stars. Hello, I'm here. I'm doing the thing. I'm a movie star versus I'm a reclusive weirdo. Yeah. leave me alone. You
2: know, I think, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that say this all the time, but being an actor is the only profession where you get criticized for working.
4: Yeah. Like Kevin
2: Pollock brings that up a lot, and I actually really admire that analysis because it's like, oh, what's he doing or what's she doing taking this stupid movie? And it's like, well, it's a job. Yeah. And you don't know, nobody signs up for a movie knowing it's going to be bad. (laughs) And I will say, no matter who, no matter if it's Cage or Travolta, no matter if you like their performance or not in anything, they always show up yes especially Cage and that's one of the things that I admire in him um yeah,
1: that's not a half hearted yelling about the bees. I mean, oh, I like no. making the bees joke, and it is funny, but that's commitment.
2: Absolutely. And I think that, you know one. I, I've had this conversation before. So, friends of mine um, made this documentary, The Death of Superman Lives What Happened, yeah. which is about the Tim Burton Superman movie where Nicolas Cage was going to play Kal-El. And for their doc, if you haven't seen it, I believe it's streaming on Showtime. It's a great film about just about Hollywood in yeah. general. Um, but uh, they spoke with Colleen Atwood. They spoke spoke with Tim Burton. They spoke with just everybody. The the main person they couldn't get was Nicolas Cage. Wow. And and it wasn't that he was disrespectful. It wasn't that he blew them off. He I think he was just hesitant. Yeah. Right when you're making a project, or when you're talking, and we—if you don't know this—Nicholas Cage is a huge Superman fan. His his son is named one of his sons is named Kal Okay. Um. So. Uh, so this is a
1: wound that maybe he just doesn't want to open.
2: Exactly. Th- this is a thing where you know you can see in this documentary that when all of these really accomplished professionals are looking back at what this movie would have been, they're devastated because they've all loved this project so much, Tim Burton included.
3: Yeah. Um.
2: And and Cage has since been asked about it and said that. He really loved the dog. He's seen it and he really liked oh, wow. it. But one of the things that I always thought as a fan of his is that if he would just get out in front of this public perception, if he would sort of own it a little bit and, and get out there and not let the media fill in the blanks for him. Yeah. I think that he could really sort of escape a little bit of that perception that he is over the top or he's a quote bad actor or whatever it is you know um but i think by hiding and letting these weird stories get into the press like that's the only thing we know of the real Nicolas cage right like it's reported in the press that he's having, you know, maybe he's having trouble with his marriage or maybe he's having trouble with his kids or maybe he's having financial trouble. And and the fact that he's hiding just lets everybody else fill in the narrative. Yeah. And I wish he would get back out there because I admire him so much as an actor um, that, you know, I, I don't think he deserves to be a bit of a punching bag. I I think he deserves to be revered.
4: Yes. Yeah, he
1: should be revered as an actor and not just his B, gif, or gif. Yeah. Depending on how you (laughs) want to say it.
2: Exactly. (laughs) And I have no preference, by the way, so I will not go to battle on that
1: one. Fair enough. I didn't mean to call you out. (laughs) No. So I know that you have strong thoughts and opinions on the point of horror movies. Yes. Because a lot of your work has been about horror movies and we've discussed about, you know, they are this catharsis. that mm-hmm. we see. comedy is a catharsis, horror is a kind of catharsis. What do you think is the point in a larger societal sense of big, over-the-top action movies?
2: I, I think it's, it's just that we all want to be heroes. Okay. You know, and so, like, kind of what's interesting, you know, when you look at something, like, 80s action movies with Stallone or, Trave- or I'm sorry or um, Schwarzenegger for to, as two examples or even Jean Claude Van Damme. These are men who are physically just like you look at that guy and you're like I'm not that guy. I know that Rocky <laughs> is about an everyman, like because whatever. Yes, but, but an
1: everyman with a lot of muscles
3: I, to begin with.
2: Exactly, and and let's and when you think of Rambo or when you think yeah. of you know a Predator with that Carl Weathers like you know arm arm handshake or whatever and they just <laughs> flex like that's not you don't look at that and go that's me right. Um so I think with the 90s action movies and with this type of movie it is a bit of an everyman kind of thing like Keanu Reeves in Speed is the everyman he's just a cop he's just a big yeah. cop and he's not a big guy and he's not you know he, he just is who he is and um Similar with with um, uh, with Con Air, you know. I mean, the idea like Cage is not—he's not a big yoked up dude, you yeah. know. He's he, <laughs> it's it's so, and I think that's what we love. And and same with Will Smith. Like Will Smith has always been cooler than all of us, but he's accessible. We know him. We love him. Like we like him, yeah. you know. And so I think the bigger picture with these action movies is these are everymen. Um, or every person, yeah. um, sort of rising to the occasion and living out these heroic escapades. So it's not like a superhero where you're like, "Well, I'm not a god, so that doesn't look like me." Right. But it's a regular Joe. Well, and I think that's sort of getting into the diehard of it all, right? Like for
3: sure, diehard
2: yeah. is the ultimate everyman. Action franchise.
1: Yeah, I think the, the every person thing is spot on. And I think there's also, maybe more so with the 80s, but maybe it's, it's continued, the, the idea of I can make a problem go away. Because mm. certainly in the 80s, like uh, with Rambo in particular, is like, nobody else is taking care of this. I'll go yep. get everybody. Somebody's got to do Somebody's it. Somebody's got to do it. And I mean, that's absolutely diehard. And that's one that's not over the top. It's situational. Mm-hmm. But do you think that continued into the 90s, that feeling of somebody has to take care of this problem and I, through my muscles or wit, can just go in and make a problem go away.
2: Well, I think in a lot of cases, and certainly not all, but I think in a lot of them it's, I stumbled into this situation, I gotta do something. Okay. So, like, you know, on speed, like, in speed, like, you know, he doesn't, Jack doesn't, oh, well, actually, that's not true because Dennis Hopper's after Jack on purpose. But but I, I do think it's kind of like a... I stumbled into this, right? Okay. And and so, like for instance, Sean Archer in Face Off, yes, he's a, he's a cop, and and yes, he's trying to put really dangerous terrorists, domestic terrorists away. Yeah. Um. But Caster Troy made it personal by killing tra- killing his son, okay. even if it was an accident. And so it's like this now. It's personal. It's just like Jaws' revenge. <laughs> this time it's personal. So I think that uh, yeah, I do think that there's a bit of like the stumbling into it kind of thing. I don't think that's across the board.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes it's a mission. Yes. So if you could be an action hero, and you could go into any situation, maybe it's personal, maybe it's global, and just, it'll be hell. You'll get beat up, but at the end, you'll make the problem go away. What problem would you try to make go away?
2: Woof, that's a really tough one. Um, I think, uh, ooh, it would probably be some form of, like, political protection. Okay. Like like security detail for our first female president.
1: Oh nice. You know, or something (laughs) like that.
2: Where like somebody's trying to basically it's um it's uh uh Olympus has fallen but with a really cool lady president oh nice and I'm Gerard Butler.
1: Yes. Uh, so it would be like uh, protecting Madam President. Exactly. Clark Wolf. That's
2: going to be me. Oh, that are aliens. I, I would love to be. I know There's that. There's
1: no reason aliens can't attack yeah, Madam President. Uh, that's
2: true. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Independence Day. It's Independence Day resurgence, but with a lady. Oh, we know it's a lady president. So there you go. I could be an Independence Day resurgence. <laughs>
1: nice. Nice. Uh, my final action movie question yes. for you is, is it better to jump away from an explosion at the last minute or calmly walk away?
2: I'm so glad you asked me this (laughs) because I did a whole video when I was a part of this like pop culture YouTube trio about why 90s action movies rule. And one of the greatest things that I've, I've ever gotten to do was my editor, who was a really great girl named Christy. Um, I was like, you know, it's so cool when your ki- your coat is flapping in the breeze and you just get to walk very slowly away from the flames. Um, and she put an explosion behind me and oh, like slow nice. motioned my coat. And uh, and I was just like, amazing. That is that is seriously like, so definitely walking away slowly. Okay.
1: All about for- walking away.
2: Oh yeah, with And you got to be wearing a coat that's flapping (laughs) in the breeze. Like, it has to happen. Flappy
1: coat explosion (laughs) with Clark Wolf. (laughs)
2: Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Hey, guys. This is Sarah Meyer, co-producer of this show. And I am getting ready to stop some passersby and ask them about Face Off. uh, And I'm imagining it's going to be pretty odd. Have you seen Face Off, the movie Face Off? I don't think so. Have you seen Face Off? I don't think so. Either.
0: I really did not like that movie. I just thought it kinda of cliche and pathetic in a way. Yes. The one with Travolta and uh, Nicolas Cage? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it.
2: I just talked to a guy who hated it. What would you say to him?
0: Gotta get a sense of humor. It's a Wong movie. It's a Wong film. You gotta yeah. if I go to a bakery, I'm gonna see bread. I mean it's an action Wong film that's it's supposed to be a little over the top. It's entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, if you had to switch faces with somebody, who would you switch faces
2: with? Jesus. <laughs> Tyra Banks' face is pretty awesome. What would you do as Tyra Banks? Flaunt it. Rollerblade or something. You would look really stupid doing it, but if you have a face like Tyra Banks, it's like, that girl's amazing just because her face is awesome. So,
0: I wouldn't mind having uh, the Dalai Lama's face. <laughs> I'd swap faces with Trump because I'd change a bunch of. Can I curse? I'd change a bunch of shit and they wouldn't know what the fuck happened. And then by the time his face got back on, they would go, hey, dude.
2: Except if you swapped faces, that means he would have your face and he'd be out in the world doing stuff in your name.
0: Fortunately for that situation, I could probably get more done than he could wreck. <laughs>
2: If you had to be trapped in a bunker with Nicolas Cage or John Travolta,
0: I think I would I would kind of hang out with Nick. It'd be fun to hang out with Nick Cage.
2: I think I feel like John Travolta has more things we could talk about and things we could do, like dance. So I feel like he could actually be like a help to me while we're waiting in the bunker. We could learn like grease dances or all the kind of weird things that he's been in. Versus, I wouldn't have to look at. Nicholas Cage?
0: Probably John Travolta. Because okay. he has that science of mind shit, so he'd have some people come help us.
2: Nobody would come to save Nicolas Cage?
0: I don't know. You know, I, you know he has a strange family with the Coplas and stuff like that. I know, I, know, I know Travolta, they'd come, boy. The science of mind, they'd fly that damn... <laughs> <laughs> they'd be there.
2: <laughs> and pick him up? Yeah. Okay, if they were going to remake Face Off... Who would you want to see?
0: I mean, I don't know if I'd even... uh, That's just crazy.
1: Who would want to remake that movie? We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. Okay. So, do you think about Face Off every day?
2: Well... Maybe, and I and I think I think it's because. So I don't know if you do this. I was just having a conversation with my friend Sam Levine, who's a very funny actor. Yeah, um, and we were talking about how sometimes in like movie lines. It's like the delivery is exactly how you would you think it. Yeah. And so one of them in this movie is Caster Troy as Nicholas when he's Nicholas Cage. In the very beginning, he's basically like, "Yeah, shoot me, Sean." And he goes, "Are right, you? What are you gonna do? Cause I don't give a fuck." <laughs> <laughs> and so I often think. I don't give a fuck. Just like <laughs> Nicolas Cage says it all the time. So I, there's like little... There, This movie is so quotable. Like yeah, the lines in this movie, some of them are so amazing. But that's one that... So maybe I do think about it okay, every day. Okay, so
1: like the, you've watched it enough that the rhythms of it have gotten into oh, your yes. life. Oh, yes. Okay, I oh, think yes. that's valid.
2: And I, uh, the other one Sam and I were talking about was in Scrooge. Have you ever... You've seen Scrooge, mm-hmm. right? So you remember when uh, when the like... Um, it, network executive is sitting down with Bill Murray, and he's telling him he's hired a guy from Los Angeles to come in and help him run the station. Yeah, and uh, and and he goes, uh, "I thought you, I thought you'd be pleased." And Bill Murray goes, "I couldn't be more pleased."
4: <laughs> I
2: think that all the time
1: <laughs> So the lines that stick with you are the ones that help you cope. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Enough. So how often do you rewatch this movie? Is it the kind of thing where if it's been a few months you suddenly realize, "Oh, something's off in my life. I need to watch Face Off."
2: You know, I definitely think about watching it a lot. And and it's it's you know, I wish that I had more time to actually revisit watch movies like you know what I'm saying it's just I it's hard to sit down and watch something especially when it's two and a half hours long but um so I don't actively watch it as frequently as I think about watching it but I'm like (laughs) I want to watch face off right now but then I'm like oh I have to go to work or do a job or not be in front of the television for two and a half hours
1: fair enough would you get a tattoo of either uh, John Travolta or Nicolas Cage's face? Oh, or maybe one on each shoulder, and then people could always oh guess gosh. which shoulder is who.
2: Oh my gosh! Um, no, <laughs> I would not. But I'm trying to think if there's anything in the Face Off like universe that I would get a tattoo. Yeah. No,
1: I know I've asked you this tattoo related question before, yes, but you I can't have. remember. Do you have tattoos?
2: I have one.
1: Okay, so you are open to them. Cause but some people are just like, no, no tattoos, period.
2: I don't think, but I wonder if when we did the Penny Dreadful conversation, if I had my tattoo yet.
1: What do you mind sharing what your tattoo no, is? No, yeah.
2: It's um I have it on my ribs and it's it's a phrase. It says she decided to start living the life she imagined. Okay. And so it's just like a reminder, something I wanna think about every day. Yeah. Um but I don't know if I want a reminder of Caster Troy or Sean Archer What if day. there was a
1: little word bubble in the tattoo that said, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Oh,
2: my God. If I could put that on my hand and just every time just, like, put my hand out and go, I don't give a fuck. Oh,
1: a very different special form of sign language. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm going to say no for a face-off That's tattoo. Fine. But I'll, if I could think of something, I will. I will tell you. Okay.
1: I was going to be honest. I was not expecting a yes on that one. <laughs> But I, I mean, wanted to ask anyway.
2: Faces are a hard. I, I don't know if I would want a tattoo of anyone's face, to be honest.
1: Yeah, it's a challenging one. If a friend at a party said something mean about Face Off, would you defend it?
2: Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. Have
1: you defended it? Oh
2: yes. Okay. I, yes.
1: Do people who know the movie like like I was revealing earlier? Yeah. I am guilty of when I was you know alive in 1997 yeah. having prejudged the movie, so I never saw it. Sure. But are there people who have seen it, know exactly what it is, and still think it's bad?
2: I don't think so, actually. I think the people who think they remember it yeah. And then they remember it from the internet, and like we, you know, the the Nicholas Cage. So if, for you, those of you at home, Nicholas Cage dancing around <laughs> in a priest outfit is from Face Off. And okay. so if you see that online, like that, you know, so I think people go, "Oh, well, that's just Nicholas Cage being crazy, being weird." And <laughs> yeah. it's like, but no, actually, it's it's perfect in the context. But so I, somebody the other night, I brought up, I brought up the fact that here we are, almost in June. And so we live in Los Angeles, and they do all these outdoor screenings.
1: Yeah, and nobody's doing face-off. And
2: nobody has put face-off in their lineup. And I'm like, it's the 20th anniversary. And by the way, every year, Cinespia, which is like the main one here in... Los Angeles that does these Hollywood Forever, they always tweet out in the spring, like, you know, tweet us your suggestions. And every time I'm like, face off, yo. (laughs) And I was like, and I told them, I was like, I will postpone my birthday, which is in April and celebrate it at another time if you will do an outdoor screening of face off. And so... Anyway, and they did
1: not respond. No. And they're they not doing a screening of faces. Nope.
2: Office. They have never responded to my to my pleas. Um, but anyway, so I say that to say, like, you know, uh yeah, I, I think that I'm I just I don't know. I want them to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean you're used to talking about media it's what you do so you have when you like things I think you are a person who has your reasons ready it's not just like it's cool shut up right Right. right. Um, so have you had successful arguments at parties or conversations where you you turn people
2: well so most of the time people that um, I didn't shame on me for not finishing my thought most of the time people when they're like I don't know I say have you seen the movie recently <laughs> and they're like well no I just kind of remember it and I'm like then you don't know what you're talking about okay so so So, um, you know, and then oftentimes there is a defender, another defender, who's like, no, dude, that movie is (laughs) awesome. Like, you're wrong. And then ultimately I end up winning by them saying, I guess I need to watch that again.
1: Okay. So you're getting more and more people to see Face Off. I'm
2: encouraging rewatches of Face Off.
1: Nice. Uh, If the only way you could watch Face Off again was by stealing a copy from a government facility, would you try to steal it from the government?
2: Absolutely, especially this administration. I want to take everything possible from them. So yes.
1: That's a really nice picture that uh, that our current president, who knows uh, by the time this gets released, maybe not. That'd be uh, great. Uh, if he was sitting there after his long day of... Fucking up our country. Yeah, drinking Coca Cola. Sitting down to watch Face Off, and you just came in dressed in black.
2: And and then there was an explosion, and I walked away very slowly. (laughs) Yeah, his TV exploded, so I couldn't watch news. Exactly, my coat flapping in the
1: breeze. (laughs) Nice, nice. Uh, Are there any quotes from Face Off that you would want read at your wedding?
2: (laughs) Okay, well the funny answer is. And those of you who know, uh, those of you who know what I'm talking about know exactly what I'm about to say. It's peach. I could eat a peach for hours, (laughs) which is the dirtiest, like the most disgusting, like it's funny because anytime I tweet about Face Off and people respond with gifs /gifs, slash gifs or quotes or whatever, anytime somebody tweets that quote at me, I'm like, I know it's appropriate, but don't say that don't to say me. Don't say that to me. Yeah. And it's and it's Caster being disgusting, like and it and it comes up throughout the movie. Okay. Um, like he calls all the women peaches, um, and or like like you're my peach or something yeah. like that, and he says it to his daughter at one point, and it's so gross. Yeah. Um, so that is the funny answer. <laughs> is that one it would have to be it? Oh, when we haven't even talked about you, you don't you might not know this because depending on what you've seen, but how did this get made did a whole spiel on it um which is hilarious but i think they called it the face waterfall okay so basically <laughs> those of you who know what i'm talking about i think it's hilarious so this is a thing that in the archer family they do to each other okay and it's they they take their hand and they like waterfall it down the, each other's faces okay
1: and this is the good family
2: yeah this is the good family okay so it's like instead of say, so basically they do this to each other okay and it's like it's it's. Is like,
1: it a cute, fun thing, or is it like a loving?
2: Supposed to be a loving, hmm. like gesture, okay. like like that's in between their family.
1: Okay.
3: And
2: so basically, we'd need to close our <laughs> vows with instead of <laughs> instead of kissing, doing the face waterfall.
1: And now you may face waterfall <laughs> one another. <laughs>
2: that would be so funny. So
1: if you had a partner who was. Just as into face off as you. Would you consider doing a face waterfall?
2: No. (laughs) No. All right. No. All right. I would consider getting married on a uh, giant. A practical boat action sequence, though. Like, con- <laughs> like finishing with a giant boat going flying through there, oh. which does happen at the end of this movie, and it is exquisite.
1: A big boat jump.
2: Oh, nice. there, there are boat sequences galore. <laughs> it's so good.
1: Uh, okay, I keep going back and forth about whether or not I need to see you this You
4: have to all see right, it. All right, all right, all
1: right. <laughs> if someone told you that there was a cool sequel to Face Off, like a good, not a jokey bad yeah, one, yeah. like an actual like amazing sequel, Yes. But the only way that you could see the screening is to get past the bear at the door. Would you try to get around the bear to yes. the screen? Oh,
2: totally. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I would you, I would bring fish <laughs> and I would distract it and I would throw a salmon. Okay. <laughs> and the bear would be so excited that it would go eat the salmon and then I would just walk right in.
1: Yeah. And now I, it's a weird question. Yes. And you're giving me uh, an answer that I <laughs> think is a little bit jokey, but I also totally believe. I,
2: I'm not. Who's joking? I'm not joking.
1: <laughs> no, I really don't think you are because this is my strategy. You are. You are. You have a lot of energy, and you are a move-forward person. Oh right? yeah.
2: Well, this is why I'm going to be the best action hero for the lady president ever <laughs> because I I'm using my using my brains and then my <laughs> swift moves.
1: Your swift moves. All right. So you would salmon distract the bear, and you would be into that theater, and you would be on the red carpet Done. interviewing the cast. Indeed. Nice. Uh, if you could not watch Face Off without Nicolas Cage or John Travolta being punched in the crotch, <laughs> would you still watch Face Off?
2: This is such a tough one because I, you know, <laughs> I I don't want bad things to happen to either. Yeah, of them. okay, fair enough. Um, and so the good news is, though, I feel like I have it mostly memorized. Okay. So really, I could just close my eyes and
1: and you would see and face-off. I can
2: imagine it. Yeah.
1: Let's say there is finally that that uh hollywood forever it's a cemetery that plays the movies outdoors yep. and it's really popular they tweet you back and like clark we're so sorry we look back at our tweets we realize we're wrong we are showing this on the 20th on the actual 20th anniversary oh
4: my
2: god
1: but if you come some mystical force will punch either john travolta or <laughs> Nicolas cage in the crotch would you honestly not go
2: is it only once like yeah. they'll only punch it one time.
1: Oh yeah, so they're not going to punch <laughs> it straight for two and a half hours, not the entire runtime of then, Face Off.
2: Then yes, I would do it. Okay,
1: and which one would get the punch?
2: I'm mm, dealer's choice. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. Um, I don't know. <laughs>
1: dealer's choice. Yeah, dealer's that choice. That complicates the strange mystical crotch punching deity even more. Oh
2: well, it's uh, they've got to figure. They've got to make that decision for themselves. All I know is that I've decided that I would be okay with it, and then I'll let the fates handle the rest. Okay,
1: this is in my. In my mind, this is the way I see this scene. You walk into the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. It's packed. You're going to see the movie. And then you're, there's just a moment of silence right before the movie begins when you know somewhere, <laughs> somehow, one of them is being punched in the crotch and there's a nice big helicopter shot going up into the air as you contemplate. I wonder who it is. Yeah, I wonder And then who you watch one. the film.
2: And then I never think of it again.
1: <laughs> exactly. Can you make a noise to sum up your obsession with Face
2: Off? Mm, um... Oh man, I'm trying to think. Uh, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> that is my noise.
1: Is that a line from the movie, or is no. it just I was how trying you to feel? think of a
2: line from the movie, but but that's just how I feel.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now I'm gonna attempt to rate your obsession. Okay. So uh, on a scale of one to seven, seven being the highest, I'll say uh, faces. Out of seven faces. Right, as <laughs> I mean, in
2: 1997 when the
1: movie came out. Nice, Perfect. Nice. How many faces are you? This is difficult, but I think I'm going to say 4.75 faces out of seven. Okay. Uh, Because you are clearly super into it, but I don't know how much it's like impacted your day-to-day life. Mm, Interesting. Um, It seems like it is a movie that you really, truly, deeply love, Mm -hmm. and maybe a part of that is... It seems almost like you're obsessed with the movie, but you're also obsessed with being a champion. Of the movie Mm. because you realize much like our future lady president it needs some help
2: it needs protecting it needs protecting its memory needs to be revered and remind we never forget hashtag never forget um well i then i feel like i haven't done a good enough job selling (laughs) selling this uh i must i'm not convincing and that's too bad
1: no 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 see people expect that this podcast is uh, a judgment and uh-huh. it's a study, I think. So now, why? Tell me then why I'm wrong. What? What? How many faces do you want? And why is it truly an obsession, uh, other than a, a movie that you truly love and champion?
2: Okay, then then maybe maybe I'd, I'm am It's not that far off. I would give myself five point five faces out okay. of seven. Fair enough. Because. I feel like...
1: Five and a half faces.
2: Five five and a half faces. Because I feel... You gave me 4.75? Yeah. I feel like that's about half. And I don't feel like I'm half obsessed. Okay. I feel like it should be a little more. But... And and I think it's because... I think it's because you haven't seen it. Okay. And so we can't... We can't have the back and forth of, Oh my God, I remember when this happens. Yeah. and So I feel like I'm pitching it to you. Fair enough. As opposed to like telling you why it's awesome. Because I want you to be able to discover it. Yeah. On on your, your own. energy
1: is telling me how awesome Good. it is Good. to you. It's just then a couple of the, the details mm-hmm. that I'm not sure are for me. But that's what I think that's part of what makes me feel like you are obsessed with being a champion of it because you're like, don't worry, you will love it. Yeah. Because you're not saying, like, oh, I don't care what other people think. This is my thing. Right, right, right. Because that's the way some people's obsessions are. Like, let me share with you why I love it. And then I I really don't give a damn if anybody else loves it. But you're like, no the world needs to know oh, the yeah. glory of Face Off. This is
2: a great movie. <laughs> and I feel like especially now that it's summer and all of these blockbusters are coming out, like, I give me the next Face which I guess I hear the Fast and the Furious movies kind of are yeah. in that they're crazy, but they're also sincere in some ways. Um, and that's, that's actually very exciting to me. But um, I think that's, I, I just think that that's why I'm so excited by it is because it's summer and this is the type of movie that I would want to be watching.
1: Yeah, um, that makes sense to me.
2: But, oh yes, but, but the point, I, I lost my train of thought, but I got it now. Um, I don't think, like Penny Dreadful, when we talked about that. Yeah. That's not a show for everyone. No. Like, I, I would not re- recommend that show to just anyone, you know. And I think even during our sh- our episode, I said, if you get through the first two and you're like, eh, I don't know if this is for me, it's probably not for you. Yeah. With Face Off, I'm like, no, this is a great <laughs> movie. Like, where, what is wrong with anybody who, but again, I just think it's like 20 years later, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage are in such different places. Yeah. And people think of them differently. It's almost like Liza Manila, like trying to, This is actually going to sound crazy, but go with me.
1: I'm I'm all in. So
2: I often talk to people about because I love Liza Minnelli. That will probably be my next obsessed. (laughs) I'm
1: looking forward to it already.
2: Um, But I love her not because she's um, Lucille Two from Arrested Development and she's this like kooky kooky Hollywood character. She is an incredibly talented actress, and she is. An insanely good singer and storyteller and all-around entertainer. And I feel like because people know her as this kooky lady that was Judy Garland's daughter and was on Arrested Development... People don't realize how incredible she was in um, The Sterile Cuckoo or how good Cabaret is. Yeah. And I often like when people are like, yeah, I, I've never seen Cabaret, but whatever. And but they they think they're cinephiles. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> you, you don't. And oh, I know, like musicals or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah. stop. This is one of the greatest movies ever made. Now, granted. Cabaret is a true drama, Oscar winning drama yeah. with uh, talking about the Holocaust and Nazi Germany and women and uh, homosexuality and, and love and all kinds of things um, and art. So this is deeper. We're dealing with deeper material here, yeah. clearly. but. It's kind of similar. When I talk about the face-off, I'm like, no, 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 this is a great action movie. And if you think you love action movies, you need to revere this one because okay. it's so awesome in terms of the action and in terms of how fun it is, But because it's not dark or bleak. And also how good the acting and the performances are.
1: Right, it's got a little bit of everything, yeah. it sounds
2: like. Yeah, yeah, it's just a great movie.
1: Yeah, and a great big summer blockbuster, exactly. which I know what you mean. Now, the blockbuster season is, is kind of all times. There is something nostalgic about, hey, it's May. So now right. the movie is – the theaters are going to explode with – absurdity, yes. and uh, you know, the big, over-the-top, the explosions, the swapping faces. Yes.
2: <laughs> We're back in business. Yes.
1: Here we go. So, go see some face swapping, I guess, is yes. the point. Do you feel better about your obsessed rating, or would you like me to change it? No, no. Do you want to I- formally request a change in your obsessed rating?
2: I can, I can take it, Joseph. <laughs> I can take it. You
1: don't have to, though. I'm going to bump it up to five whole faces.
2: Whoa! Because,
1: I mean, come on. Who wants four and three-quarters no, faces? That's
4: true. Five
1: faces <laughs> obsessed with yes. face off the Clark Wolf story. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so this is the section where we do some plugs. Uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you on social media mm-hmm. and then review how and where people can get like tickets and stuff to Slash?
2: Absolutely. I would love that. So um, you guys can find me pretty much across all social media at Clark Wolf. Clark with an E. Wolf with an E. And um, Slashed is premiering the Hollywood Fringe Festival in June. We have a total of um, seven dates but our preview is sold out. Um, but it's such a good show. So if you're interested in that you can find more information and um, songs and videos and all kinds of stuff at facebook.com slash slashed (laughs) the musical it's so weird to say it that way but yeah we hope that we'll see you out there at the show because it's it's actually it's a hell of a good time
1: i can't wait to see it that's awesome Here's some uh, quick plugs for this very show before our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook as at Obsessed Podcast. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and various comedy adventures, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. You get access to our monthly patron-only bonus episode where my wife Sarah and I talk about something we're obsessed with in the moment. Who knows? Maybe we'll watch Face Off (laughs)
4: and
1: do a second episode about Face Off. That would make me so happy. For full info on that, go to patreon.com/slash/josephscrimshaw. Okay, so final questions yes. don't have anything to do with the obsession. Okay. If you could run at super speed, but you had to wear a dumb hat to do it, what kind of hat would you wear? Mm. Um. Top hat. <laughs> so you could just look fancy. I look so fancy. Be super fast and ready to do a musical exactly. number, right? Peruse at any moment. At any uh, moment. Does Liza Minnelli actually have a top hat in Cabaret, or is that just an image that's stuck in my head? It's
2: more of a bowler hat, actually. A bowler, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like one of those black... Yeah, it's a bowler hat. Okay,
1: okay. You can switch to a bowler if you want to be like your hero.
2: I need a top hat. You want a top hat? I need a top hat. (laughs) Fair enough.
1: (laughs) If any of your devices could be truly sentient and have actual substantive conversations with you... What device would you want to be sentient?
2: I'm going to say no thank you to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. You don't
1: want anything. You don't want your coffee maker to ask how you're feeling?
2: Nope. <laughs> sure don't.
1: You don't want your car to help you decide where the closest 7-Eleven is?
2: No. No. I don't. I don't. I I don't need any technology to tell me my life. I'm all set on that. I like just activated Siri and I've had an iPhone for like four years and I don't even know how to work her. I don't want to talk to her. I don't (laughs) like it. I'm not interested.
1: Okay, so you want things to be things and you don't want to have an interaction with your technology. Is it because you feel like it is taking uh, some amount of human autonomy away or...
2: Actually, kind of, yeah. Like, I don't like the idea of... I feel like people, now that technology is such that it connects people in a lot of different ways, but I also think it isolates people in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think it keeps people from having true connections. Yeah. And I think it is affecting people's co- um, ability for empathy. The fact that, like, you can say something to somebody, but you can you don't have to see them or feel them or yeah. hear, have them react to it. And, and so, like... This is a whole other thing, but very quickly, the the movie Her like Mm. made me very angry. Okay. Because I was like, this is not an allegory for a right to love. He's hiding. And that's not okay. Yeah. Like, you're a human being, and getting away getting away with, oh, I'm in love with this uh, with this uh, operating system. I was just like, no! 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 And also, we knew that he had just gone through a divorce, and it's like, you've learned nothing. Okay. You're taking the easy way out. So, I say, I, I have very strong feelings about maybe her, in case you haven't noticed. But... I, I don't think, I think machines need to stay machines.
1: I think that is a fine answer. What does your tattoo say again?
2: It says, she decided to start living the life she imagined.
1: Okay, without any input from her computer or her phone. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and,
2: and no technologies. Fair enough. Exactly. Final
1: question for everyone yep. is, what is happiness?
2: Right. You, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know the the answer I gave last time is contentment. I think like being content, like being able to be in the moment and look around and say, "This is exactly where I want to be." Yeah, and I wouldn't change anything. Um, and I do, th- I still think that that's true. I, you know, as I get a little bit older, and I'm certainly not saying that I'm old, but I, as I get older, I'm kind of like, man. Is it going to be like this forever? (laughs) Um,
1: Uh, I certainly understand that. Yeah. What do you, when you say like this, what do you mean? Just like life is just an ongoing adventure and you're never necessarily getting to the thing.
2: That's part of it. Whatever the thing is. Um, That's part of it and just struggle and you know um, and by the way struggle is fine struggle is part of life you know but there's there's sometimes where you you want like if you have certain elements or aspects of your life and you want those wheels to be turning uh, to to actually feel like you've achieved something or connected to something or someone or whatever and and they just are still turning because the career is not quite there the money is not quite there the relationships aren't quite there the family is not quite there and you're constant for me at least I'm constantly spinning these plates like wanting wanting some sort of like security or security is the wrong word too but some sort of consistency yeah and um and you know I haven't quite gotten there with any of them yeah and so part of me is just like man am I gonna be spinning these plates forever and still and striving for or craving or wanting consistency yeah and um so to me at this point in addition to being content I I do think that some form of consistency, knowing a little bit of what your place is or Mm. what you mean to another person. Yeah. Um, Whether that means like being a mom or being a wife or being a daughter or whatever. Like knowing that, I think, would be be happiness.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great answer. And nobody's ever quite said it that way before. And I think the word consistency Mm -hmm. is really interesting because I think you make a good distinction between yeah, struggle's great, Yeah, but there's a difference between struggling to get to a place and feeling like I am in the place I'm supposed to be and I'm dealing with the challenges that come with the place that I am in, Yes, but those are two different kind of struggles, yes. and I think uh, consistency is a really interesting way to say that. Thank you. So happiness is consistency. Like, happiness
2: is consistency.
1: it, who knows what happiness will be when we talk about Liza Minnelli.
2: Uh, oh, it will be Liza. It will, that will just be it. It will happiness be Liza Minnelli. It
1: will be Liza. Thank you so much for doing this, Clark. <laughs>
2: Thank you for having me, Joseph.
1: Absolutely. That is our podcast.
2: You've been listening to Obsessed.
0: Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five
4: stars if you're impressed.
1: So if there was going to be a remake of Face Off with two actresses swapping faces, who should be in that movie?
2: Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock. Damn. And they will both be in Ocean's 8 or whatever the hell it's called. But... Kate, you judging by Thor Ragnarok, yeah. watching her play that villain, yeah. I'm like, yes. And she is a cool lady. I have interviewed her. She's a badass. Okay. And then Sandra Bullock is my hero, so really I want to learn everything. Yeah. Um, but also, I love the idea of Sandy playing bad, but also playing good.
1: Yeah, and yeah. she carries the mantle of the 90s action movies exactly. as well, right? Exactly. Perfect. Greenlit.
2: Yes! Success. <laughs>